Oh boy. I could say you don't understand Hebrew during the page. In other words, teach me the whole tater while I stand on one foot. There are two questions here. The first question is, what is the correct way to learn Haskola? Haskola means to understand chesidus for the sake of understanding it, not necessarily for the sake of, of feeling it, just to understand ideas. And the second part of the question is the exact opposite. The second part of the question is, how do I develop das? Das means the personalization of those ideas. Okay, again, you write in Hebrew. It doesn't mean you're a Hebrew speaker, right? I don't know who you are. Um, but I'm going to try my best to answer you. It's all I can do. Let's try my best. And, you know, what I can't tell you, but I don't, what I don't know, I can't tell you. The first thing you need to know about Haskalah is, Haskalah is hard. It's taka hard. Not everybody could. Not everybody could. We all learn chassidus, but a lot of us learn chassidus at the level where it touches our heart. But the ability to understand the abstract inyanim of chassidus, to understand say the rishtalshlos, to understand the lakuls, to understand kelim, to understand malachim and neshamis, to understand these esoteric things, I would argue most people don't understand them. Bemis, and I'll tell you something more. There is a tendency to say that learning nigla is harder than learning chassidus. And the, the statement of truth, in my opinion, is Nigla is not as hard as it seems, and Chassidus is not as easy as it seems. You often learn a mime. Yeah, same thing as the last mime. Same thing as the last mime. That's partially not true. Every mime says something different. When you see Hamimarim saying the same thing, is you don't understand them correctly. One of my quotable quotes, which I have rights to, <laughs> OC, is correlation is always simplification. When you compare two subjects, you make both of them less. That's why I always say, basically, a pseudo-intellectual and precisely is intellectual. Real students see the differences between things. So, number one, it's not shy for everybody. To truly understand chassidus at the level of Askola is more rare than you think. There are mashpim who don't understand chassidus. Trust me. There are mashpim who don't understand chassidus. This is number one. It's not easy. It's, it's not an easy thing to do. In the Tere Shalom of the Rebbe Rashab, the Rebbe Rashab is called Tere Shalom. And there's a page of Hashmatas. There's one page, and when they printed the Tere Shalom, the Rebbe took it out. And it's sharp as fire. It's four paragraphs. They speak about four different subjects. And it's so, you, I know why the Rebbe took them out. I mean, it's really, really not fit to print. And one of the paragraphs on that page which was taken out, the Tehra Shalom is where the Rebbe Rashab says, Mir Zane Chabad. We're Chabad. The Shuster, the Avtaken, it Fashtein. Chabad is not for everybody. The shoemaker is not supposed to understand. Not to learn and understand Hasidus Be'emis is more rare than you know. It's not, I, I don't think it's gender specific, you know. Girls can understand Hasidus, and I can tell you many boys who don't. You know, the Rebbe Rashab had several women who would go into him for hours and speak Haskal and Chassidus. There's letters from Fiedek Rebbe to, to women who knew him for tif, tif, ashtad and But not everybody. It requires a special kind of mind and a special kind of dedication to truly understand Chassidus. So number one, it's, 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 it's a rare skill. It's not, not everybody learns my mother understands, be'emes. And number two, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. You really need a teacher. You can't learn by yourself. You really need a teacher. 
But the important thing to understand Chassidus, and this is true of Nigla also, but it's true of Chassidus especially, is you cannot think of how much I'm going to cover. You have to go slow and understand. As slow as you need to. The Ikir in Limud is clarity. The most important thing is learning that when you understand, you understand clearly and correctly. And when you have to finish so many pages and so many hours, it's impossible to do that. Because the speed at which you go is not determined by how many pages there is. The speed at which you go is determined by how difficult the subject matter is. One day you can learn five pages and you can understand them all. And the next day you learn two lines and you didn't understand them. So you really need a Rav, honestly, a teacher. And the first rule in understanding anything is you can't be in a rush. You cannot be in a rush. People who learn in a rush, people who learn nervous, never really learn. Never really learn. If you want to understand this, but then I miss, you have to have a, you have to, someone who gives you guidance what you should learn first and what you should learn second. And you have to dedicate yourself to it singularly. Which leads me to another point. It leads me to another point. And that is, you can't expect to have 40 chavrusas. In all likelihood, this is my chavrusas. This has been my chavrusas since I became a chosen. And I wish I would have made my chavrusas five years before, I'd be a bigger Talmud this is my chavrusa. He always shows up on time. Sometimes he breaks. <laughs> Sometimes he runs out of lead. But that's my fault. Yeah? But he's always there. I write. I write times. I write all my svarim. I talk to myself. If you're serious about learning, if you're serious about learning, you have to be singular. It's a lonely affair. Excellence is lonely. Understanding Hasidus correctly is hard work with a lot of dedication. And it's, it's a personal pursuit. It's not something you're going to do in a group. If you have one partner, if you have one other girl who's like-minded, you're lucky, you're overly lucky. But when you learn, you have to be very gruntic, very thorough in your understanding. Be very, very, very thorough in your understanding. Okay, now, um, practically, practically, there's, there's, I have a, at home, and I can send it to anybody who wants it, a list of my modem and sikhs that was prepared by the Melech Tzibah, which is called in Beginners, Intermediate, Hard. He has a list of my modem that are most basic, a little more difficult, and even a little more difficult. In other words, what you should learn first, what you should learn second, what you should learn third. That list, for someone who's serious about learning Hasidus, is a great resource. And again, I'll be happy to send it to anybody who wishes. And you could see how the Melech says which my modem you should learn first, which my modem you should learn second, and so on. I would say, practically speaking, that if, first of all, one thing you can never finish learning and you have to always learn. What is that? Tanya. Tanya, 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 Tanya. Tanya is like simcha, 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 always. What's the answer? What should I learn? Tanya. What should I learn tomorrow? Tanya. After that, how many times Tanya? Tanya, 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 Tanya. You know that for years and years, the Rebbe would come to Shulta Davim, Shabbos, and Yom Tov. And nobody really knows whether the Rebbe Davim, it's very possible the Rebbe Davim in his room. But they would spend half the davening flipping through a Tanya. Shabbos after Shabbos after Shabbos. I promise you, we knew it by heart. You couldn't get enough of Tanya. The Rebbe would sit and show with the Tanya. And then when the minion was like halfway through, the Rebbe would catch up to the minion. We don't know if he was davening or acting like he's davening. It's very possible. The, the Shabbos and there's no fabringen. And the Rebbe davening is chayden. But the Rebbe would sit, stand and show and flip pages of a Tanya. There's no, you can never ever run out of the need to learn Tanya. And I think everybody has to understand that. It's the, it's Tadish Biksav. But in terms of my modem, so you have to either choose a modem of the Friedrich Rebbe or a modem of the Rebbe Rashab that are easy, that are well-structured. That means they're written in the kind of way 
that you can learn from them in your brain as opposed to in your heart. The Rebbe Rashab is the, is the master of structure in terms of Mamari Hasidis. The easiest Mamari Hasidis to learn are the Rebbe Rashabs. Some of the hardest Mamari in Hasidis are the Rebbe Rashabs. Everything by him is very misudder. So you would want to learn the Rebbe Rashabs Mamari is because he teaches you how to develop an order in your head in structuring ideas. Um, some people will say, and I, and I agree with them, that the first 10 years of our Rebbe's Maimorim are in many, many ways very similar to the Rebbe Rashab's, and I think that's accurate, I think that's true, which means if you learned those Maimorim, you'd also get a similar effect. But the Rebbe's style is to make everything very bikitzer. It's very, very clear, it's very crisp, and it's very concise. In the Maimorim of the Rebbe Rashab, there's more ariches, more elaboration, and in the Maimorim of the Friyadikh Rebbe, which are based on the Rebbe Rashab, there's even more elaboration. So you need a Rav, to give you Pasha Kedim of Ichur, but if a person is serious about understanding Hasidus, you should know that it takes a lifetime. It's not happening in 15 minutes, it's not happening in 15 hours. It's a singular dedication. The Vils Fashtein, You want to really understand, work hard. But, and you'll see, you'll watch yourself grow. You'll see yourself grow. You can almost feel like at one point you go over a hump. You go from being someone who's chasing after it to someone who's comfortable with it. You never finish learning. There's no such thing. But you do grow, and you could feel, you could see in yourself that process of growth. But you have to work very, very hard. And you really, on some level, one way or another, you have to have a teacher. Uh, questions or comments? Everyone, so, ah? Uh, are you supposed to? Not necessarily. You're supposed to do what you want. I will say this to you, and again, I don't know you. If you're not an intellectual, and a lot of people aren't, men and women, by the way, it's not that important, especially for a girl. But if you are an intellectual, if you're one of those people who's curious and likes to know stuff, and you spend a lot of time sto studying stuff in Chochmas Chitanias, in, in, in Goyesh knowledge, because it's interesting to you, it's important to you, you owe it to your soul, you owe it to your soul to at least counterbalance that with Teda. You know, when the Rebbe spoke about women learning Teda, this was his argument. The Tiflis the girls learn. The Chochmah they can't learn. The Shtusim the girls are learning as well as the boys. They're reading the newspapers. They're going online. They know what's going on in the world. And the Teda, but also and I created against the Teda Teda, the girls are not allowed to learn Teda. So if you are a really smart girl, if you're truly an intellectual, especially if you're going to go and study Chochmah's Chitzenius and make a career of it. If you value your neshama, or the Rebbe told the Yid, at least one minute of Tayyid of every minute of Chochmah's Chitzenius, it's Negei and your Nefesh. But it doesn't have to be Chitzenius. It could be Allah. It could be Gemara. In other words, you have a choice about which part of Tayyid you want to become proficient at. But if you're truly smart, if you're real intellectual, and you're going to use that brain to study Chochmah's Chitzenius, you're not even going to appreciate the extent to which it's metama me'ach v'alev. Chochmas chitzenius is metama, you study secular knowledge in the most ideal, optimum, pure way. It's metamta me'ach, it makes you tummy. It's not kedusha. It drags you down. It makes your whole mind and life heavy. So if you're that kind of a person, you must learn chitzenius, or nigla, or something, in a way that's called aliba dinafshi, to truly understand. So if you're not that kind of a person, you don't learn anything. 
if you are that kind of person, you have to learn something, but you get to choose what? It doesn't have to be chesidus, but in one area, you need to be so strong in teira that it's at least as important to you as the chokhmah chesidus that you're learning. Because if you're 23 years old, and the most exciting thing in your life is whatever you're busy doing in chokhmah chesidus, it's a rachmanas on you. Because your shaku and klipa don't even know it. And your hat it is, it's not an aveda, it's just trying to make money. Do you understand? Anybody have any questions and comments on what I said? I remember they were saying by Fabrengen. They were saying, I came from the oil out of Shabbos, it was Kislev. When we were Zichir, as Kornheitz with Zayn, Chodorom, as the expression is, Shash Dile. Everyone was sleeping. Okay. Now, Eich Oisim Das Linyon and Baskola. Now, this is a whole nother question. Which means, how do I make it mine in terms of personalization? So again, I'm going to be honest with you. Honesty is depressing and disappointing. I know that. I've been accused of being that before. If there are few people who could understand chesidus, the, the ratio of people who can understand chesidus on the level of das is 10 times as, as, as rare. Meaning, if, if let's say one out of 25 girls can understand chesidus, one out of the 25 girls who can understand chesidus are shaykhs to das. Das means personalization, to internalize. Of course, you get right away very nervous. So what are we doing? We're wasting our time. Pe -pe 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 -pe. We can't do it well. Well, that was the last question. If we don't do it well, well we do our best. That's, that was the last question. And Meshach Rabbeinu was humbled by us. That was the last question. Okay? But Das, the idea that the Nyanam of Hasidus that I learned are internalized, is, is even rarer. It's very special. Now, you need a certain kind of mind for that. You need a certain personality for that. You need a certain kind of a depth for that. You have to be a deeper person. Are there such people? Of course. Are there many such people? Of course not. I don't know you. I don't know you. But if you're one of those people, the answer to the question is, Assuming that you're a person, a girl, who's smart enough to learn and understand Hasidus correctly, deep they thought when they walked in the street, they thought when they sat on the train, they thought before Dab, they thought in Dab, they were constantly thinking. See, this is a panemius thing. You have to think about it, think about it, think about it, think about it, think about it. And you're not thinking about it with a Kabbalah cell. You're thinking about it almost compulsively. Your brain is busy with it because it's something which is important to you and you're trying to process it. That thinking, that thinking, 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 thinking helps internalize, helps personalize the idea that you learn. I'm just going to tell a little vart. It was a chassid, it was God agresha chassid. His name was from David Pevzner. The two great chassidim, whose last name was Pevzner. There are probably girls in this room who are descendants of Avram Baruch. There was a Tom Avram Baruch Pevzner. He was a, he was a gon, he was a rav, and he was a mashpia. But there was a Tomim who no one is his descendant, because I don't think any of his descendants made it. His name was Ram David, Ram David Pevzner. Ram David Pevzner was a Tomim. He was so great a Tomim that when he was in Lubavitch in the early Samachs, about 120 years ago, the Rebbe Rashab did not write his own Maimorim because he relied on Rav David Hanachas. You imagine the Rebbe says, Rebbe Rashab wrote all of his Maimorim. And when he was in Yeshiva, the Rebbe said, I don't have to write him, I was going to write him correctly. And I saw a Lashen from Friedrich Rebbe about this, about Rav David Pevzner. Harav, Hachosid, Hatomim, Hatalmid Muvhok. 
Hatalmid Muvhak. That means a full Talmud. And when the Friedrich Rebbe writes from David Pesner, from a Talmud Muvak, he didn't mean a Talmud Muvak from the Mashpia. He meant a Talmud Muvak from the Rebbe Rashab himself. Taimchat Tmimim had a lot of great Tmimim. I've never seen the Lushan Talmud Muvak by anybody, not even by Chonyi Marozov. Talmud Muvak is only by from David. So uh, I, I read this in the Sikhs. And I said, where are all these Hanachas? If the Rebbe Rashab didn't write it on my modem, because Avram David wrote them, and the Rebbe Rashab trusted him, where are those my modem? I happen to have a brother-in-law whose name is also Avram David, and he works in Merkiz, and he told me they found now 12 Hanachas, 12 my modem from his Avram David, and they're going to print them, and I begged him, they have to put in the Psach David, this slush. And the Fidegim writes, Harav ha'chosid atomim ha'talmid muvok. And the Rebbe Rashab said that when he was in Yeshiva, I didn't have to write my own my modem, because I trusted his Anochas, Rav David Pesner. Rav David Pesner had many sisters who he married off to Tmimim. He was, he was a very special man. But like all giants, you know how old he was when he passed away? The way I heard it. He was 34 years old when he died. I met a Yid in Tbilisi, I was in Russia, 35 years ago. And I met a Yid who was his nephew. His mother was Rav David's sister. And he told me, my mother, my mother, knew by heart the entire Altan Hebe cover to cover, and the entire Tanya, cover to cover. And when David Shvested, you understand, it was his sister. And when I came back to America, I met an uncle of mine who remembers him, and her. And I asked him about them. He said, you remember them, you remember them. But the story about him that's told is that when you daven bariches, when you daven bariches, First of all, to daven barich is to have the from the Rebbe Rashab. Without permission, you had to daven the minion, you had to learn nigla. There was a seder yeshiva, you could do what you wanted. The Rebbe Rashab, the person who gave a shush, was a marach b'tefillah. And if you were marach b'tefillah, you had to ask permission to eat before davening. Because api alochi not allowed to eat for davening, like teichel al adam. Right? We all do it as a big mitzvah. Mezayin is for davening is more important than kiddush Friday night. But this is a mitzvah seder and that's a minig from but in Lubavitch it wasn't that way. In Lubavitch it had to have And some Bokhrim got the shoes in the Rebbe to eat before davening. I know a man who told me about another chosid that he would wash for bread and eat bread before shachris. He davened shachris six, seven hours. He wouldn't eat before davening. He would push the and some bread. He had permission from the Rebbe Rashab to eat bread before davening. Avram David didn't have a shoes to drink water. Avram David did not have a shoes to drink water. Which meant that until he finished davening, he fasted. See, daven all day long. Mamish, you fast, atog no chatog. And uh, when he finished davening, he would go to the well to carry the water back. He brought it into the house and he would wash his hands and he would make hamaitzin and wash nesin. I'm sure he didn't eat too much, but yeah. But sometimes when he'd walk back from the well, he was so tired from fasting. And it was so dark that the water would spill. So he would say, he's a semen as hain daven so today we don't got to eat. So he would push it, not eat at all. <laughs> and then he would fast the whole next day. He would God, God, People don't know about him because he didn't have any children. But he was in, he was in an incredible class. I mean, it's really true that in Lubavitch they were chassidim, kids, bachrim, who were in the Madrega chassidim like the middle of the Like the Alter Rebbe's chassidim, the Rebbe Rashab said once to the Rebbe 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 Rebb
He was a mashpia and a rashishiva in Shtsedrin. It was a machlok of Tamchapimim. And the Rebbe Rashab said of Rashi Albed, I'm getting letters from your Talmidim, like Chsidim with the Alter Rebbe. Chsidim with the Alter Rebbe. And we know who it was. It was a chos of a name of Chaim Yena. These are names you never hear. But they were the greatest Tamimim of Amdavid, of Amdavid Pevne. So he once went into the Rebbe Rashab. And I'm, uh, this is all, I mean, it's a chsidish of it's I can tell you whatever I want, yeah? But just to finish, he, this is what I wanted to tell you. He once went into the Rebbe Rashab and he said that oftentimes his hisbonanus, when he concentrates on chsidis, he, 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 gets, he gets stuck, he gets headaches and things like this. This is a very, very important lesson. And again, I don't think it's a lesson for everybody. I mean, people who can learn and understand, it's incredible. People who can learn and understand and think, think, is even more incredible. That's, that's das. You know? So he complained to the Rebbe Rashab about his concentration and that it gives him headaches and so on. And the Rebbe Rashab told him, think softly. Don't think nervously. Don't think intensely. Think softly. The problem with thinking softly is that you're afraid that your mind is going to wander. That's why we do this. But if, if you have to do this to concentrate, then there's something wrong with the whole concentration. Tracht leicht.